Higher for Longer, my weekly market review, July 2nd, 2023. The second quarter and first half of 2023 came to a close on Friday. I'll be releasing a full deep dive review of the quarter in the financial markets in my feed in the next few days. For the moment, suffice to say that the TLDR for the month of June is that it was defined by higher stock index prices, but with a modest narrowing of the performance gap between the super cap tech stocks and the rest of the market. Recent events in Russia have obviously injected more geopolitical uncertainty into the world, but as long as commodity prices don't spike meaningfully higher, which they didn't during the march to Moscow and the aftermath, the stock market is largely ignoring any Russian political volatility. Stock markets wilted earlier in the week when the International Monetary Fund, IMF, came out with a statement that gave a, gave a thumbs up and a gold star to central banks around the world for continuing with their aggressive interest rate hiking campaigns, reserving special praise for the highly proactive European Central Bank, which reiterated again last week that it plans to regularly raise interest rates over the summer. The world's leading central bankers from Europe, the UK, Japan and the US, including Fed Chair Jerome Powell, gathered in the pretty resort town of Sintra in Portugal to sit on a lengthy panel. They all conceded that their forceful rate hiking campaigns are taking longer than expected to bring inflation back down to target, forcing them all into higher for longer interest rate stances. While the respective outlooks for major economies have begun to diverge, the US currently looks best positioned to avoid a recession. Nevertheless, Powell put resuming consecutive rate hikes over at least the next two Fed meetings very much back in play, making it clear that the Fed has absolutely not switched to an every other meeting cadence. I wouldn't take moving interest rates on consecutive meetings off the table at all he said. These are fighting words aimed at a market that finally and reluctantly seems to be coming round to the idea that maybe the Fed isn't bluffing about not soon pivoting to rate cuts. So if interest rates aren't coming down anytime soon, the best only hope for accelerating continuation of this stock market rally seems to be higher earnings. And that will begin to come into focus very soon as the Q2 2023 earnings season kicks off in a couple of weeks. As is the way of things, expectation-busting earnings reports will likely cause short-lived euphoria, while disappointments will likely be severely punished. Forecasts are calling for a slight rise in earnings across the board, but there obviously will be outsized attention paid to what the big dogs like Apple, Microsoft, Google, Tesla, NVIDIA, etc., and proxy stocks for economic activity, Walmart, Target, Amazon, FedEx, UPS, etc., have to say. If earnings disappoint, particularly in mega cap tech, there is definitely a downside risk to stock prices. I'll stay on top of things there for you so you don't have to. Things got progressively more optimistic as the week went on. In yet another blow to those recession truthers who bore on about how we're already in a recession, the third and final estimate of Q1 2023 gross domestic product, GDP, 
showed an annualized increase of 2%, a marked jump from the second estimate of 1.3. The upward revision, along with the extremely low unemployment rate, refutes any mad idea that the US is currently going, undergoing any kind of recession. Consumer confidence in June rose to the highest level since January 2022, and the durable goods numbers were consistent with the soft landing hypothesis. Wall Street's biggest banks passed the Federal Reserve's annual stress test. The 23 largest U.S. lenders showed that they could successfully withstand a severe global recession and turmoil in real estate markets, the central bank said on Wednesday. Confidence abounded about the level of travel and hotel bookings for the July 4th holiday period. This is a market that is looking for any excuse to keep rallying. And recently, that excuse has been provided by some very solid economic data. If it's this economic data that is going to help carry the S&P 500 even higher going forward, then it needs to remain really, really good. One of the problems is that it is not always easy to define what is good and what is not so good. A great example of what I mean by this was last week's release of the highly anticipated Personal Consumption Expenditures PCE Price Index. This is the measure of inflation that the Federal Reserve likes to use to make its interest rate decisions. It cooled more than expected, with the headline number rising just 0.1% in the last month for an annualized inflation rate of 3.8%, substantially down from 4.4% the previous month. It looks great, right? Surely the Fed can back off now. We are charging hard towards its target rate of 2%. However, the important core version, which strips out volatile food or energy prices, only inched down to 4.6% from 4.7 year over year. This metric's much slower pace of decline confirms just how sticky proper inflation is proving to be. Once you take out the effects of wildly swinging commodity prices, and the market knows that this is the core number that the Fed focuses hardest on, when planning its interest rate policy. And it likely feels that there's still a lot more work to be done to get core inflation to move down faster. Momentum in stocks remains higher, and the previous week's pullback needs to be viewed primarily as a digestion and consolidation of a pretty intense rally that dates back to April. The two biggest threats to this rally, as mentioned earlier, are A, an economic slowdown, and B, a downside surprise in second quarter earnings. We need to continue to monitor these data points because disappointment in one or the other, or worse still both, does have the power to completely erase the current giddy optimism towards stocks and potentially cause a meaningful pullback.